Welcome to the Period Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Donovan, registered dietitian and period recovery expert who has been where you currently are. This is the podcast to listen to if you want your period back month after month or if you want to restore your fertility and feel more relaxed around food and exercise. Consider this your safe space that will take the guests and the stress out of period recovery and bring you the information, the inspiration, tools, stories, and empowerment that are key in getting your period back month after month. Get ready to be inspired, get ready to get your period back, and get ready to get your life back. Come on, let's dive in. Hi, all. Welcome back to another episode of the Period Recovery Podcast. And today is a very special episode where my partner and colleague, Lindsay Lusson from Food Freedom Fertility, and I are chatting about our very brand spanking new period recovery practitioner program. So if you are a practitioner, a credentialed healthcare practitioner, this episode is going to be something you want to hear. And even if you're not, Please share this episode with any healthcare practitioner that you know so we can better inform our world, our healthcare practitioners on how to better serve women that are experiencing hypothalamic amenorrhea. All right, guys, let's dive in. Hi, Lindsay. I am so excited to record this podcast together about a very special announcement that we're going to make. I'm so excited. I feel like we are long overdue for a podcast episode together anyways. And what perfect time then to get back together in early 2024 as we introduce our new exciting project. Yeah. So that new exciting project is the Period Recovery Practitioner Program. And we took some time to think about the name and we thought this was the most suitable name and be able to explain like what it is that we are doing and what it is we want to share with a particular audience of medical professionals. And I think that we both just agree that when we're working with individuals with hypothalamic amenorrhea, the biggest bottleneck for people getting the right information and the right support to actually move the needle and get their periods back, the biggest bottleneck is getting this diagnosis and getting, you know, the right information and direction from healthcare professionals a lot of times people are getting the wrong information, they're not getting diagnosed, they're getting misdiagnosed. And so I think that this has just been a project that's been near and dear to both of our hearts for so long. And I'm personally just so excited that we're finally doing the damn thing. Yes, I'm so excited too, because I don't know about you, but most of my clients, Lindsay, they come to me after they've gone to their doctors, after they've seen the naturopath, after they've seen the RE. And it's like, if we could potentially get to these women much sooner, imagine how much time they're going to save, how much money, how much mental stress, physical stress, and, and so forth. So yeah, this is definitely about educating the practitioner that the women in general out there are hitting before they have like exhausted all their options and have come to us. Not to say that we don't want them to come to us, but you know, we want to get them sooner. I think our hope, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but I think like our hope is that we are creating a bridge between dietitians, between medical doctors, naturopathic doctors, physical therapists, physicians assistants, like 
so many people in the healthcare team, our hope is that we're creating this bridge where we're in alignment with how we approach healing this issue. We know when to refer out to other healthcare practitioners if and when necessary, right? Like this program, as registered dietitians, we lean heavily on the nutrition and lifestyle factors. There are things that we can't do. We can't diagnose. We can't prescribe medication. And so having a team, I think, is really going to help with making this condition something that is recognizable for a lot of people and hopefully save people a lot of time, energy, and money in healing this, reversing this, and moving on with their lives. Yes, yes. And from two not only registered dietitians that work with women, but the both of us have been through this ourselves. Right. And I think that maybe that even adds a little bit more passion for the reason why this is so important to us is because, you know, I went through the ringer with HA. I am not even kidding. Probably a dozen different doctors, half a dozen at least, and just spent years of my life trying to figure out why my period was missing and given basically zero direction. And it wasn't until I decided I was ready to start a family that by the grace of God, people were talking more about HA. And so things started to click for me. But I'm I'm not even kidding, Cynthia, when I talk about in grad school, pouring over the literature and trying to figure out why I wasn't getting a period because all we had at that time was female athlete triad. And I was like, not an athlete. This doesn't make sense for me. Same, same years and lots of literature. And so, yeah, so here we are today, many years later with babies, periods, and... And tons of information, tons of research. And I would say, you know, and we'll get into this too with our practitioner training program is like, if anyone's listening and they're a healthcare practitioner and you've been in your role for, you know, five plus year, you know that there is so much that you just learn on the job, right? There are things that you can't read in textbooks. There are things that you might read about in research papers that don't make sense in real life. And so I think that that's something that's going to be a huge benefit in having this program and people in enrolling in this program is getting the inside info on like, what do we actually do in scenarios X, Y, Z, and beyond to really help people recover? Yeah. And that's such an important point. I know we'll get into it more, but that type of like frontline boots on the ground stuff that you and I are doing is not in the literature yet. Hopefully one day, hopefully, fingers crossed. Do you want to dive into why do we think that, you know, healthcare practitioners out there need to know this information? I think first and foremost, HA is not that uncommon. I think when we look at statistics, and I'll let you share statistics, Cynthia, but I think that whenever we think about the idea of amenorrhea and a missing period, a lot of times doctors are looking for a woman with an eating disorder or a woman who is very lean and very athletic. And I think because of this, HA is a really under-recognized and underdiagnosed problem because practitioners oftentimes have a picture in their head about what it's supposed to look like, and they're not asking the right questions. How many times as a provider do you ask your patient, when was your last menstrual period? Probably every single healthcare visit, right? But how many times do you ask your patient, how many missed periods have you had in the past 12 months? 
What do your periods look like? Are they consistent? Are you tracking anything on your periods? Do you know if you're ovulating? And then also, you know, talking about if someone's coming into their office and presenting with a missing or irregular period, I think doctors are so quick to think, up oh, PCOS. She's got cysts on her ovaries, missing or irregular period, PCOS. And to be fair, PCOS is statistically more common than HA. However, I do think that if you could just ask a couple of questions about food, about, you know, weight history, about exercise patterns, about stress, I think that we could get a lot more information from the patient that might help us to think outside the box and stop overdiagnosing people with PCOS and missing people with HA. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just thinking, I'm like, is statistically PCOS a higher, you know, diagnosed issue or is it just being not appropriately diagnosed, right? I mean, I think it's fair to even bring this in because I don't think we had this written down initially when we were talking about what we wanted to share today. But women have an 86% chance of being misdiagnosed with PCOS if they have a lower BMI if you're not ruling HA out first. So I think about this segment of the population, and I know you see this in your practice, how many people come to you saying, I think I have PCOS or I was diagnosed with PCOS, but when I really start thinking about it, I don't think that's what I really have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 86%, holy moly, like that is a extremely large number, which just another reason why we're we're doing what we're doing. And yeah, statistically, that's that's really scary because, you know, a lot of these women are being well misdiagnosed or being told they need fertility treatment, so forth. And we'll get into all the implications, whether it's mental, physical, financial, that happens. So to piggyback off statistics, I'm talking more about HA that according to the American Society of Reproductive Medicine, HA is responsible for about 20 to 35% of secondary amenorrhea. And then it is also estimated that HA affects about 1.62 million women between the ages of 18 and 44 in the U.S. and 17.4 million women worldwide. And I think even too, when we're circling back to that 20 to 35% of the cases of secondary amenorrhea, I think about how commonly HA is misdiagnosed or just not diagnosed at all. Like, HA is nowhere in my medical chart. (laughs) I'm not even in that statistic. Yep. Same, same. Do you know what's in my chart, Lindsay, though? PCOS. Because I was one of those women that was diagnosed with PCOS. And guess what that did to me? Made my HA worse. Right. And I think that that's a key point too, is like, you know, what is the harm in misdiagnosing people with PCOS? Well, it's a pretty big deal because you're basically telling your patients and clients, you're trying to treat the wrong issue. And As you'll learn inside our program, or if you're following along on our Instagram page, you know, the treatment for HA is going to look really different than the treatment for PCOS. Yeah, absolutely. And let's just say, worst case scenario, you had both because it's a thing. It could happen. I mean, I've maybe out of the hundreds of women I've seen, maybe like two. I don't know about you. I would definitely agree that it's more on the rare side. I have seen it. And healing HA is still very important. I'll argue enough to say that like you probably won't be able to ovulate on your own naturally. If you were a dual condition, I'll argue enough to say you're not going to be able to ovulate naturally if you don't treat the HA aspect first. 
Yep, absolutely. I would 100% agree with you. And so one more statistic we want to share, because this is, again, this is worldwide. And again, those statistics I just shared a a few minutes ago, like this is just the people that are actually diagnosed. There are so many out there that are struggling. And I'm just going to use, I'm not saying this is always the case that unexplained infertility is HA. I'm not saying that at all, but there are a lot of quote unquote unexplained infertility that is HA. And so let's just, you know, go there with like, who knows how many millions, billions. I'll throw in another statistic here too. And I don't know the exact number, but I want to say I will give a ballpark in between 15 to 20%, which I think is considerable. They had done a eating or like a food and mood questionnaire for patients in a fertility clinic in a particular state. And of those women who were going through fertility treatment, around 15 to 20% fit the criteria for an eating disorder. So there's a sizable chunk of women that are going through fertility treatment, may or may not be successful with fertility treatment, and they're just getting missed. And I think in the research study, too, the patients weren't disclosing to the reproductive endocrinologist that they had struggled with an eating disorder or that they were struggling with an eating disorder. So some of this is coming on the patient side, too, right? Like providers are only going to be able to do so much with the information that they're given. However, I think it's our hope, Cynthia, to also equip practitioners to be a little bit better at asking the right questions. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because if you think about it, even if this patient client isn't admitting to the eating disorder, disordered eating, because guess what? Let's face it, in our world today, disordered eating and even some eating disorder habits are really normalized. I think up to 75% of women have disordered eating habits which is a chunk. And just to think like if you're one of those, you know, practitioners out there that are helping women, you know, get pregnant and, you know, 50% of active women struggle with some type of menstrual cycle disturbance. And you'll find out either following us from Instagram or in our program that, you know, this quote unquote healthy lifestyle isn't always the healthiest for fertility and for, you know, overall women's health. So because a missing period and, you know, not ovulating and being able to get pregnant, like it's, it's much more than that. It's so much more than that. So do we want to dig into when we say menstrual cycle disturbances, like what does that even mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that to just like any person listening to this episode, they might be like, what does that mean? Hopefully, you know, people who work in the women's health and fertility space kind of know where we're going with this. But when we say menstrual disturbances, we're talking about an irregular cycle. So most people in the fertility space will say that a normal cycle should be anywhere in between 24, 25, and 35 days. So if we're longer than that, or we're shorter than that, that's considered to be an irregular cycle. Another menstrual disturbance that we see, especially in women that are overtraining and underfueling and kind of falling on this HA spectrum is anovulatory cycles. And I don't know about you, Cynthia, but I've worked with clients that have pretty regular periods, but they aren't ovulating. And it isn't something that is incredibly apparent unless someone is actually tracking, you know, their ovulation with ovulation predictor kit, confirming it through basal body temperature tracking, like less than 3% of the population actually tracks their menstrual cycle. So I think that this, you know, statistic really only starts to surface when people are trying to get pregnant. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a really great point. And I don't know about you, but I certainly didn't know anything about cycle tracking until, you know, it was a problem for me and I was trying to get pregnant. 
Right. And I'll say this too, you know, as a registered dietitian going through seven years of school and learning about nutrition, I didn't learn anything about our menstrual cycle. I learned, you know, that we have one. And I think I learned the major players of the hormones, but I had no idea really how things worked. So I think that that's another gap in at least our training as dietitians that we miss. And and we really want to train up more people to really understand that because I think that's foundational for women's health and hormones and helping other people, just general people understand their cycles and the importance of having a cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you touched on that point about like being a dietitian, going to school for so long, not getting any, because same thing for me. I just remember one, like a couple paragraphs on HA and how it relates to the female athlete triad. That's it. And so, which brings up a great point. So us as dietitians, HA is very nutrition related. You know, if you're not eating enough, point blank, you're, you may not get a period. But let's talk about the doctors, you know, that are out there in the medical training. So pretty much where there is a huge gap is doctors, dietitians, other healthcare practitioners are not learning this to the extent of what they need to, to be able to appropriately treat their patients in medical school. And I don't know about you, Lindsay, I I hope one day the curriculum will be changed, but mm, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, potentially in our lifetime. I don't know. I could be being pessimistic about that. But you know, that's one of the reasons why too we're creating this program is so that we can better equip healthcare practitioners with being able to know about HA, diagnose HA, ask the right questions, and be able to help their clients and patients get the care that they need. So yeah, but it it starts there with the medical training or the dietitian training or whatever. We're just we're just not seeing it. I do think it's something you almost have to seek out at this point in time. And again, another reason why we see a need for this program, just to circle back real quick to additional kind of hormone deficiencies that can be a huge barrier for someone to have a regulated mood, to have healthy bones, and to get pregnant and stay pregnant is luteal phase defect or progesterone insufficiency in the luteal phase. Again, this is something that shows up and has the same roots as hypothalamic amenorrhea. But again, this is going to present in your patients and clients that are getting their period every single month, maybe even confirming ovulation. But unless they're looking at the length of their luteal phase or they're having progesterone tested, the only way that this is going to show up is unexplained infertility or frequent miscarriage. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because that is a big one and often very missed when it comes to being in that that spectrum, what we like to call the HA spectrum. So, okay. So we have some, you know, tidbits of what do or can these disturbances look like. And we're chatting a little bit about why have we created this program and its hopes to be able to support our healthcare practitioners being able to look at all those things and ask the right questions and support the women and hopefully save a lot of women unnecessary costs and time with all the hormone replacement therapy out there. And this is not, I mean, Lindsay and I are recording from the US, but this is, again, this is worldwide. And I'm so glad you brought that up too. Is like, yeah, this isn't this isn't just a industrialized n- nation issue. This is a national issue. I know that we've both worked with you know women all over the world that are experiencing this, and you know the standard of care is a little different in in every country. But like, how wonderful would it be if we could equip more and more people globally to know how to support people through this process? Absolutely. So anything else, Lindsay, you want to share about our why behind creating this, what I like to say is going to be pretty amazing? 
I mean, I think we've covered a lot of it already just in our conversation and going back and forth about, you know, obviously helping people feel more comfortable with identifying, diagnosing this, saving people time, money, and energy. And then I think that something that doesn't come up for me all the time, but every once in a while I still hear from people that a missing period isn't a big deal. And so I would say that's another one of the reasons why we've created this program is we really want to hammer home the idea that the body remaining in a low estrogen state isn't healthy for your bones, for your heart, for your emotional well-being, and for your fertility. And so that's another thing that we're going to dive deep into into this program is like, what are the health repercussions of a missing period? Why is birth control not the solution? And how can we have this holistic approach to heal it and to improve not only fertility, but physical health and quality of life for patients experiencing HA? Yes, absolutely. And then hopefully eventually, and this is me looking like super, super big picture. And I don't think it's just my hope. I know it's your hope. I know there's other healthcare practitioners out there that work in the you know HA missing period world, but in hopes to one day have a period be a vital sign. That would be so freaking cool. I think there's a lot of research showing that it should be. And I think we're moving in that direction. I think that women's health has been so understudied and underserved for so many years. I think we're on a brink of a big change. And so that's exciting to me for sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we will throw a big party. Hopefully it'll be in our lifetime, Lindsay, that we get that the period as as a vital sign because HA aside, missing periods aside, like there's so many other things you can tell about your body if you knew what was going on with your cycle. So, but that's another maybe podcast edition. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Around two. Hey, should we get into the actual course? Like what it is, what, 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 you know, what are we teaching? What will people get and why should we do it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know as a dietitian, if I was thinking about this course, I would absolutely want to know this. So yeah, let's dig into that. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, if you are a dietitian and you're listening, we are in the process of getting it approved by the CDR for pre-approved CEUs for continuing education credits. We're thinking the course will probably be anywhere between 20 and 30 CEUs. So if you were to enroll now, at the very least, you can still submit those ahead of time for CEUs, and then you'll backlog kind of the official things. So I think that that's a huge benefit. And even if you're not a dietitian, I'm pretty sure everyone in healthcare does need continuing education credits. And so this program can, you know, take care of those for you. Yes, yes, yeah, that's an important point. I know when I take courses, I'm like, well, is there going to be CUs attached to it? Sure. And how many times are you scrambling right before, you know, your credentialing is up, right? Like we have to renew it every seven years and submit, I think, 75 CEUs. And how many times are you scrambling to fill those? Yes, absolutely. So yeah, that's one big important point. So another reason why, you know, Lindsay and I believe this would be beneficial for you to take as we have helped hundreds of women recover from HA healthy cycles and, and get pregnant, but we want the same for others out there, or at least to be able to be better equipped to send them to the right places, right? So what else do you want to add on that, if anything, Lindsay? Yeah, I would just say that like, we've touched upon this already, even in this episode, but there's really only so much. First of all, the research and literature is still limited on HA. We're seeing more and more, but again, as a practitioner, especially if you are really working on the patient-client side with treating and walking alongside your patients and clients for hormone imbalance issues or fertility issues, there are so many things that come up 
in real life that aren't in research papers. And so I think that there is a lot of value in working with people that have literally seen everything under the sun when it comes to HA and varieties of HA and just kind of difficulties that can come up in the recovery process and how to troubleshoot with your patient and client. I think that's incredibly valuable. I mean, Cynthia, I don't know about you, but four years ago before I started my private practice, I would have killed to have a place to go and troubleshoot what the heck is going on with my client because I can't tell you how hard it's been to piece together all of the information. Absolutely. And if we went to books or literature, we would not come up with anything. Right, right. We've just had to build a lot of this stuff from the ground up. Yes, absolutely. 100%. And we are just so fortunate that we are able to be very niched in our particular clientele because that's going to help us dig even deeper and has helped us dig even deeper into this, you know, worldwide epidemic of HA. So this is a problem that I only see increasing knowing that eating disorders are on the rise, knowing that people have lots of really controversially healthy, air quotes, healthy information at their fingertips all day long. I mean, I don't know if you've been on TikTok recently or not, but like people are talking about missing periods left and right. There's so much misinformation on nutrition. And I just don't see this being a problem that's going away. I think that it could, but I think that it starts at equipping our healthcare practitioners to better understand it and to also understand what are the next steps for helping our patients and clients heal from this. Yeah, absolutely. Just use an example, eating disorder dietitians, where you can, you know, have a special certification to become an eating disorder dietitian. I've had eating disorder dietitians reach out to me, Lindsay, as, you know, a period recovery specialist asking like, oh my gosh, my patient is weight restored and like, where the heck is her period? What's missing? Mm -hmm. And this is something that's actually part of my personal story. I've worked with several, several, several clients that reach the point of being incredibly functional, being 80 to 90% eating disorder recovered, being weight restored, maybe even overshooting their previous cycle weight and still no period. And so there's definite gaps. There's a huge knowledge deficit. And beyond that, when you're working with clients that have eating disorder history, there's a lot of stuff that's going to come in from the counseling side that I think is really important that we're also going to be adding into this program. Because if you work in the eating disorder field or you work with patients or individuals with disordered eating or food issues, you know it's not as simple as just eat a burger, right? There are so many challenges that have to be worked through to be able to do stuff like that, to have a you know nutritionally adequate diet to support having a regular auditory cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And really this is, you know, HA is a condition that happens for the same reasons, right? Usually due to inadequate energy, you know, intake, but I can totally attest to this, but I feel like every single one of my clients over the years has a different story or different scenario, right? I'm so glad we brought that in too, because there's also this whole subset of women who develop HA absolutely do not have eating disorders. And so I don't mean to write it off like that, but maybe to paint a background that there are 30 different scenarios that I think we've even been able to brainstorm and starting to write the curriculum for this program of people who end up with this condition. So many different scenarios. And yeah, we could probably spend hours talking about the different scenarios. And we probably, and, and I mean, I'm not to undermine Lindsay or I, but we've seen hundreds of women 
and we have, you know, a bunch of thousand followers on Instagram, but there's billions of people in the world, right? So yeah, it's important to know that there's just so many ways into HA, so many different scenarios and backgrounds and stories. So lots of value here. Yeah. So who's this program for, Cynthia? Like who, what is our hope? Like who do we want to better equip specifically? Yeah. So at this time, Lindsay and I are accepting individuals who really hold advanced degrees in health-related fields. So for example, nurses, nurse practitioners, PTs, OTs, speech pathologists, dietitians, of course, PAs, MDs, NDs. And, you know, we're not ruling out, you know, the credentialing, but someone with an advanced nutrition degree or something like that. And if none of this pertains to you and you're wondering like, okay, would this be a good fit for me? Just reach out to Lindsay or I. We're happy to to debunk that and share what it is that we can do to potentially make this work for you as a practitioner. For sure. For sure. Thanks for clarifying for that too. We don't want to make this some like elite exclusive thing. However, with creating a credentialed program, we do want to make sure that everyone's kind of up to speed on learning from us because this is going to be kind of a higher level deep dive into HA versus kind of what we teach in our recovery programs. Right, Cynthia? Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, let's talk about who maybe this isn't, who wouldn't be a good fit for this program. Yeah. So Lindsay and I chatted for a bit about this, and we want to make sure that we are taking care of our practitioners, taking care of our clients and everything in between. And so we had thought, okay, well, what if you know somebody is actively struggling with HA? Would this practitioner program, given they are a credentialed practitioner, would this be a good fit for them? So after some deliberation between Lindsay and I, we would absolutely love to have you still. However, it would probably at this time be most appropriate if it was in either my program or Lindsay's program. So we really want to make sure this is for practitioners who want to be more equipped to support their clients and patients and increase their knowledge bases of this, not specifically work on this for themselves. And if they do, that's where we have our group coaching programs or private coaching programs. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say is probably the biggest difference between what we do in our period recovery, regulate your cycle for health and fertility coaching programs for individuals experiencing HA versus what we're teaching in our period recovery practitioner program is nothing is individualized to you. So if you're struggling with a missing period, you can have all the information in the world, but unless you are having the right level of support and the right specific customized recommendations to your specific routine, it's going to be hard for you to recover your period. So best case scenario, reach out to Cynthia or I enroll in our period recovery programs, get yourself recovered to a more stable place, and then your story and your personal experience will probably add to your value value as a practitioner if you want to apply for our program in the future. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to put it. So now that we've went over who it's for, do we want to talk about, I know we've added in bits and pieces of our hopes for this, but what is our outcome and and our impact? So I know for one, we're going to want to, I know this is where Lindsay and I came up with this idea, something that's been near and dear to our heart and some of our goals as you know, women who went through HA and infertility and registered dietitians that we want to be able to serve more women across the world. And the way I think we can do this, I mean, because we're only two people, right? So if we are equipping healthcare practitioners, we're going to be able to serve more 
women through these practitioners by equipping them with all of the information and maybe even inspiration to support women across the world in recovering their periods and restoring their fertility. Absolutely. And another hope, I think, for this program, and one of the reasons why I felt it was so necessary to offer this program for dietitians specifically, we want to create more jobs for dietitians. If you're a registered dietitian, you know that you went to school and there's a limited amount of opportunities for you as a registered dietitian. Cynthia and I believe that at its core, hypothalamic amenorrhea is a marker for malnutrition and it is a nutritional issue. I want dietitians trained up on how to treat HA just like we're trained up on how to treat people and support people with diabetes, with kidney disease, with this, that, and the other. I want registered dietitians to be able to be the nutrition expert on healing HA. I want doctors to be able to refer out to us. I want this to just be part of our curriculum as dietitians. Yes, I would 100% agree. And that sort of, you know, gave me chills because I mean, just take diabetes for an example. There's so many health implications that come along with diabetes. And there's so many health implications that come along with HA that you know, most medical professionals just don't know about. So yeah, thank you for sharing that, Lindsay. We would love and some of our hope is that, you know, we can equip practitioners to become, you know, eating disorder informed or disordered eating informed. So they can pick up on these, what I like to call very normalized behaviors that are extremely not normal and very unhealthy. Definitely. And I think that when we start looking at period as a vital sign, this can really be a helpful marker for red flags for further eating disorder screening. Someone comes into your office as a doctor, she's presenting with, hasn't had a period in over a year. She has a low resting heart rate. She has low blood pressure. You know, upon a health, you know, a food and mood questionnaire, she's, you know, have some red flags coming up for eating disorder. This is the time to get her referred to nutrition professionals, to psychiatrists and psychologists who can best support her in healing from her eating disorder. Because if there's one thing that we know about eating disorders is that they get harder and harder and harder to beat, overcome, and truly heal from the longer that they go on. So I think early intervention is so important. Here And I want to make sure that there are more and more practitioners that are on our team. Absolutely. And you know what I didn't throw out there? I know we said medical doctors are would be a great fit, but a medical doctor as a pediatrician, I just think about Lindsay, if we can get these like teens where the pediatricians are like, oh, you know, it's it's quite normal. You're active and you know, you're 16, but don't have a period. No, that's not normal. So really like super preventative care. So I'm, I'm glad you shared that. And this is definitely not the last thing on our list, but in essence a time, you know, we really want medical professionals on board for understanding, you know, what a missing period is and, you know, how it is a big deal and is a huge health implication and really just being able to educate them more and asking the right questions to their clients and patients and whether or not they're going to treat that HA or they're going to refer out, but still really equipping these medical professionals for understanding more. Right. And proper diagnosis and early intervention is so key. I mean, I've worked with so many clients that this has gone on for decades and they're starting to see some very real scary health repercussions with osteoporosis in their early 30s. And I just think, God, if this could have been identified a decade ago, we could have stopped this. 
Of course. And let's not forget to mention heart disease in the US is the leading cause of death in women. And there is a lot of heart disease linked to low estrogen levels. And there's emerging studies out there linked to stress hormones as well. So we won't get in too much into the research now. But yeah, this is a big deal. It's a big deal. So let's talk about next steps. So if you want to learn more, if you know what Lindsay and I are chatting about has resonated with you and you're interested in, what's next? Next is getting enrolled. So we'd love to visit with you more. Sophie and I have calendars open and we're ready to talk more about our program, specific in details, talk about how it might be a value for you in your private practice, in your clinic, whatever you do to serve women with this issue. And so next steps is to click on the link in our show notes and get a call set up. We'd love to visit with you a little bit more. Our launch date for the program is February 26th. So it's coming up. We have a number of people already enrolled. So spots are filling pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm excited to get started. And and I'm hopeful too that we can pick up a couple more before our launch date. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, if you guys have any questions, the best thing to do is really if we can hop on a call, either Lindsay or I, both whoever you'd like to chat with uh, more is totally fine. We're a team on this. And you know, feel free to reach over out on Instagram. And again, the link to hop on a call and visit more with Lindsay or I will be in the show notes. So we really look forward to hearing from you. Any feedback, any questions, our DMs are always open. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yes. Thanks so much. Hi, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment to think and reflect on how this could be helpful in your period recovery journey. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Period Recovery Podcast. We know there are a lot of pods out there, and I'm so excited and grateful you are here listening with me. If you need more support on your period recovery journey, schedule a time to chat with me on my website, periodnutritionist.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please help me spread awareness on missing periods by subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with others. Are you ready to get your period back and your life back? I'll see you in two weeks.